if you're human, you probably have been guilty of judging and criticizing another human who happens to be different from you. I know I am very guilty of doing that, and I'm willing to bet that you are too. One of the interesting things about our race is how diverse we are, not only on the physical elements like male, female, or black or white, but also our ideologies. Some of us are pretty conservative. Some of us are pretty liberal. Some of us believe in different lifestyles and even ways that other people should live. This can cause a lot of tension. And really, the word tension is an understatement. Discrimination has led the human race to do awful things to other members of the human race. And you really can't talk about the Christian experience without addressing where this came from. And what is the perspective of God and the church in regards to how we treat people who are different than us? Before the curses of the Garden of Eden, the man, Adam, and the woman, Eve, were equal. God made Eve from Adam's rib. He could have made Eve from Adam's head or from his feet, but he didn't because that inequality wouldn't reflect the image of God, the image of love. Instead, God made Adam and Eve equal. And the curses that God pronounced after sin were meant not as evil, but as good. What has transpired throughout the human race since the fall is not only gender domination, but a series of unfortunate racial and class-based discriminations. Greed, exploitation, corruption, oppression are unfortunately the rule, not the exception to our fallen world. But this isn't how God wanted things. He continually tried to draw people to a closer reflection of his image, even while meeting them where they were. God wants us to reflect his glory, his purity, his holiness, his goodness, and his love. However, working within a culture inevitably causes limitations on how much can be done, even by God because as we talked about many episodes ago, God respects human free will. So he's limited by the decisions humans make. Even still, God is constantly calling us to more clearly represent his character and image. And the more we do, the more good things we can bring to our societies and to others. A good example is reflecting on the Israelites from the Old Testament in the Bible. When the nation of Israel surrendered themselves to his authority, God's authority, he established various gender, class, and race-based laws that would protect the easy targets of discrimination. These laws did not exist in most other cultures and communities, but in God's community, the Israelites, they did. Take care of the stranger or foreigner. Leviticus 19.33 and Deuteronomy 10.18 and 19. Take care of the poor. Deuteronomy 15.7 and 8. Take care of the woman. Exodus 22.22. Take care of the fatherless and widows. Isaiah 1.17. He even talked about freeing the slaves during Jubilee. Leviticus 25.13. 
God wanted the kingdom of Israel to be a place of equality and of grace. He wanted it to be a place of justice and mercy. He wanted to establish it as a place where righteousness was the model. And he wanted it to be an example to the world. Later on, with the coming of Jesus, God took humanity much further morally. Jesus met and touched individuals, Gentiles, Sumerians, women of other nations, the blind people, the handicapped, which the society often viewed as impure. In all these situations, he treated these people, these outcasts, as humans of incredible worth. Though none of the 12 disciples were women, Jesus did spend a considerable amount of time teaching women the gospel, and they were always present among his followers. And fascinatingly enough, the first people the resurrected Christ appeared to were women. He literally counterculturally spoke, mingled, taught, and engaged with women. Through all of this, Christ talked about the importance of serving others and taking care of the oppressed and marginalized among us. His followers realized that call and continued demonstrating and sharing that message as well. We are all called to faithfully take care of those who can't take care of themselves. This is true religion, true Christianity. Religion isn't a system to be afraid of. On the contrary, if done right, it becomes a large group of people who together are capable of doing far more good than a single individual or small group could. After Christ's resurrection and ascension, the Jews who believed in him became co-heirs with all the nations of the world. All peoples who accepted Jesus would together form a new Israel. Quote-unquote new Israel was the new kingdom of God, and it was established in and by Jesus. The new church moved forward at a new level of equality, at least as far as society would allow it to. Anyone baptized in Christ became adopted into the family of God. We were all the same, united to serve. Having knocked down the wall that separated all of us, Christ then built us up into a spiritual house, a tabernacle. This oneness, this unity, would be the method by which our God of love would shine forth to the world. We would be an example to everyone else. At the same time, Jesus told us how to discern between wheat and the weeds even among the church itself. The Bible says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's in John 13, 35. This is what Jesus meant when he said, quote unquote, The kingdom of God is in your midst. Luke 17, 21. You will know someone who is wheat because they love others the way that Jesus loved them. They treat every human being equally, without regard to race, gender, or class. Now, we have to be honest. There is the unfortunate fact that Christians have not always, through history, done this. And even now, that's not always the case. Many times, Christians fell in showing the loving character of God. 
there are plenty examples, even in the Bible, of people abusing and misusing the system that God put in place. But these people are not models of Christ. Most of the time, when you are reading stories in the Bible that make you say, what in the world? You are probably reading stories about what not to do. That is, just because something happened in the Bible doesn't mean it's good. Many of the Bible stories are there to show us the terrible results of sin. I'll close with this. If you are looking up to God and asking how you can be a part of God's church family and not a part of the discrimination and the hurtful things that this human race does to each other, then you need to follow this principle. Love every person with the same self-sacrificing, pure and holy love that God loves you. Here's the thing. You might not have perfect theology. There may be a lot that we talked about in the series that you don't quite grasp. But if you have love, you can never go wrong. Follow this principle of love. And by faith, claiming to the promises of the gospel, you will be a part of the kingdom of God. A kingdom of love. Coming up the good, the bad, and the ugly in the next episode of A Picture of God. Mm -hmm.